Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. Because we have been talking about recession-proofing your finances. Remember, we've been talking about a formula. Spiritual power that comes from God, plus natural means that are on the earth, plus human ability. In other words, God is going to use your gifts, your talent, your skills. Supernatural power, plus natural means, plus human ability. That, that's the formula that God has given us in this season. But what I want to talk to you about today is your mind. Everybody touch your mind. Touch your mind. I want to I talk to you about rewiring your brain. Rewiring your brain when it comes to the area of finance. And I've, I've literally called it, if you change your mind, you'll change your finances. If you change your mind, your thought life, your mindset, your philosophy. See, we get, we get ideas about this subject from a lot of different places. A lot of different opinions and voices and sometimes family and background and, and various things. Sometimes, literally, we have, we have lived under a curse of poverty that is transferred from generation to generation to generation. There, there are spiritual issues. There are philosophical issues. There are mindset issues. But my friends, listen, I believe one of the greatest ways, one of the greatest impacts to have on your finances is simply changing your mind to a biblical mindset. Can I say this way? That, that we would think about finances the way God thinks about it. That we would speak about finances the way God speaks about it. That's what's going to bring the greatest impact to all of us. And I, I want to say this because some of you that may be watching online, and by the way, we welcome our, our online viewers. Give them a great big hand online. Will you do that? People may always be saying, oh, yeah, you know, there, there goes the church, you know, there's the pastor, you know, talking about money, talking about, I, you know what, I rarely talk about money. I, I teach it once a year, but I, I'm not trying to get money from you. I'm trying to get money to you so that money will go through you so that you will be a blessing and accomplish your, your assignment on the earth. Come on, somebody. Because, see, I believe that if I could connect people to the heart of the Father, for you to give will be just natural. It'll flow out of you. Do you know that some of you, some of you are actually are gifted by Holy Spirit. Do you know that giving and generosity is actually a gift? Romans chapter 12, it is a gift. There are people, believe it or not, they just run around looking, who can I bless? Who can I touch? How, how can I impact lives? That's there. I have people that come up to me and say, Pastor, I, I have extra money. Who, who can we bless? Who do we, who do we know? What family has need? Because they have a gift. God has given them the, they literally wake up in the morning going, who can I give things away to? It's a gift. And so my friends, that when we are connected to the heart of God and we recognize that God loves us, 
and that our Father cares for us, then it's easy to obey God, to give things away, to bless others and fulfill our assignment. And so I want to take you to a few passages in the Word of God. If we could all stand, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs. Proverbs 23, if, you're, if your phone is your Bible or your iPad, I just want you to read the Word for a moment and then shut her down, all right? Can we make sure everybody's notifications don't go on Facebook and Twitter and all the rest of it and see how Elon Musk is causing all this trouble and firing everybody. Hallelujah. I, I, I have had, I've had the week of my life watching the people on the left just blow their, their mind. It's just, they're losing their minds and I'm like, hallelujah, Jesus. All right. <laughs> I, I just... I kind of have a different sense of humor. All right, Proverbs 23, 6. Listen, listen. The book of wisdom says, do not eat the bread of misers. Everybody say diet. diet. Do you know that misers have a diet? Uh, they have bread. They have food. That food is their philosophy. It says, nor desire his delicacies, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, as you are, this is why it's important, as you are, as you think, so are you. You are a product of your thoughts. Hmm? Now here he's talking about being a miser. How many understand that your heart thinks? Amen. He says, he says to you, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The morsel that you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. So what should we be? Well, Genesis, uh, Isaiah, the, the prophet, chapter 32 and 8 says this, but a generous man or a generous woman devises generous things. In other words, the miser is always looking for how to keep things from you. The generous man, this is their diet, a diet of, of giving. It says, and by generosity, he or she, they will stand. By generosity is that word stand actually means to prosper, actually means to flourish. Isn't it amazing? Here's what God says You want to flourish? Be generous. You want to come to poverty? Be a miser. Hmm? Isn't it amazing? It is, a, it is a reverse system when we're looking at the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is powerful, anointed. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and Lord, it applies to every generation until you come. Lord, you said your word will never pass away. I, I pray today, even for those that are watching online, my God, may you rewire brains. May you rewire thought life and thinking today in this area. Break every curse. Break every negativ negativity. Break every toxic thought. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. turn to somebody and say, don't be a miser. Come on, tell them. Say, don't be a miser. Don't be a miser. Tell them. Don't be stingy. <laughs> don't be a tightwad. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. All right. I want to I I give you a premise. I want to give you a premise. And then we're going to, Corey, you're going to let me know about that shout, right? You're going to let me know what's going on. And, and so don't disappoint me, bro. Don't, don't. Because it's Christmas season for me. Praise the Lord. And, and, and so <laughs> how many people are ready for Christmas? Glory to God. Eh? I, 
I'm driving around yesterday. It's 23 degrees. I got Christmas music in the car. I'm like, hey, listen, they, they celebrate Christmas in Florida. I can do it here in Brampton. Hallelujah. Eh? <laughs> All right. Here's my premise. I began to think about this whole concept of the mind and I thought about books, you know, The Millionaire Mind and I, I still have a lot of relationships and friendships with people that literally are multi-millionaires and I, I love to get together with them and I, I, I love even to ask them questions and pick their brain and it is amazing how differently they think than others that don't have resources and, and money. But here in Deuteronomy 8.18, remember our friend Moses, we started actually with this scripture and you shall remember that the Lord you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth in order to get wealth you require power and so I, I looked into the scripture it talks about might it talks about strength it talks about angels being present but but then all of a sudden this thought came to me that if God gives us power that must mean that we are powerful does that make sense if God gives me power, I mean, if God gives holiness, then I become more holy. If God gives righteousness, I become more righteous. If God gives peace, then, then I become more peaceful. Therefore, it stands to reason that if God is giving me power, then I must become more powerful. But in this particular passage, the word power relates not only to supernatural activity, but literally to wealth. And then I, I began to ask this question. I thought of my well, where is wealth generated? Where's wealth generated? Some people will tell you, well, you know, it's the power of your hands and work, and, and there is some truth to that. But the truth is this that wealth is generated in the mind through ideas, through thoughts. Through I opened a business and I and I wrote a book and I wrote a song or I, I you know I created something. We were I was making uh, I was making fun of Corey earlier because he just you know he and his wife just got a Tesla and, and, and think about Elon Musk there. I mean, how did he create this multi-million billion-dollar organization by creating an electric car that is literally changing the world and the world's thought life? And some of you I see Teslas in the in the parking lot all the time. As a matter of fact, I've even thought about maybe putting some of those uh, charging stations out there for you. And, and, and so, uh, and then other companies are now saying, hey, we have to follow. But, but where did that start? It started with an idea. Yes. Started in the mind. Here's my idea. I'm going to build an electric car and people are going to buy it and then others will follow. And, and think about it. He went against the, the petroleum fuel business. I mean, it, you know, they, they have squashed electric cars for forever, but because of an idea that was in the mind. So I began to think and I thought, well, if wealth is created in the mind and God says, I've given you power to create wealth, that must mean that there are principles in the word of God that God gives us that are really related to our mind. So you want money to fall from the sky. God says, I'm going to give you principles and power. We go back to that formula for you to get wealth. Everybody with me so far? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Uh, I want to make sure that I connect the word of God properly. And, and so then I, if I take you into the New Testament, the New Testament says this, that we are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. There's a regenerating of our mind, our mind 
minds become clear, we begin to think God thoughts and, and we begin to put principles of finances in place. Why? So that God gives us wealth. Why does he give us wealth? So that he can show everyone else around us that he's in covenant with us, that he's in partnership with us. And then the wealth, watch this, you got to catch this, because the wealth that God gives you, listen church, don't be going out and building a golden calf. That's not the purpose of it. Remember when, remember when the children of Israel were told to go to the Egyptians and basically the Egyptians said, take whatever you want because let me tell you, my friends, they were owed 500, 400 years of back pay. Mm-hmm. And God said, now you go to every neighbor and you take whatever you want. And the Egyptians said, here, take it, go, take it, take whatever you want. But you know what? They missed God. See, the purpose of all that stuff wasn't just for them to, to enjoy it on themselves. It was to glorify God in the wilderness. But see, when Moses was gone, they built a golden castle called it God and so be careful listen do not miss the purpose of your finances do not miss the purpose of if you this is important if you miss the purpose of your finances you will build a golden calf that's not the purpose and so Moses says uh, God's going to give you power to get this wealth. And so through these principles and this regenerated mind, this regenerated way of thinking, then suddenly we can create wealth. And and my friends, listen, this is not a mind over matter message. This is not, it is an encouragement, but not to, well, let me just pump up your tires. No, 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 this is the word of God. And these principles work. Do you know why? Because God backs them up. Because God says, this is my kingdom. This is the way that I work. This is why I believe that even though we're part of the world, if we say, that we're of another kingdom, then then some things of that kingdom ought to apply to us that should override what's happening on the earth. Are we okay with that? That's why Joseph of the Old Testament, while the world was dying and in famine, including Israel, Joseph, what, had prospered because he had heard God seven years earlier and God had given him a plan and he, he knew how to prepare for that time. Now, before I bring you into the principle, I want to I want to give you some don'ts. Everybody say don't. Are you aware that we serve a God that is not afraid to say no to us? He's not afraid to say, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't go there. You you cannot have this. If you have this, there are consequences. You know, we, we live in this, oh, everything has to be positive world. But God says you have to understand there are some negatives in life and there's some things you cannot have. That's why he said to Adam and Eve, see that tree, don't touch it. Now, human nature, the moment you're told don't touch it, you won't touch it. You ever been in a restaurant? They bring you your meal, and the waiter says, don't touch the plate, it's hot. What's the first thing you want to do? I'm like, how hot is that plate? Then you go, ooh, ooh, that's hot. Yeah, he said, don't touch the plate, it's hot. That's human nature. We, We gravitate to what we shouldn't have. What we shouldn't do. And so God says, I have some don'ts for you. Number one, don't make money your security. Don't make money your security. Because if you make money your security, you're not only going to build that golden calf, you're going to make money your God. Jesus calls that mammon. Number two, don't make money your God. Don't worship it. Don't serve it. Number three, listen, don't chase after it. Don't chase after money, huh? Because that's going to cause a lot of issues. 
in your life. It's going to throw you off the rails. It's, it's going to take you off the, uh, off the plumb line of God. It's going to remove your focus. This is why when, 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 when Jesus had the disciples last week catch all those fish, one of the first things he did was he, he took their eyes off the fish. He said, there's greater things than this, boys. This is not it. This is not the end all. It's not about going out every day and catching 153 fish. It's not what it's about. Jesus blessed them so that money wouldn't be an issue. But then he said, here's the real plan. Here's the real assignment. And when you find that, you'll be fulfilled. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. And then notice the last point here. Number one, stop following these get-rich schemes. I want to get rich fast. I, listen, you know the old saying that if it's good, you know, too good to be true, it is, you know, right? You know what I'm talking about? Do you know how many people have lost everything because somebody told them, you know, this is fail-proof. Oh, this, you know, this, this is it. This is the greatest investment. And then all of a sudden, not only do they not get the investment, they've lost what they deposited. Have discernment. Pray. Ask God, are we okay so far? Okay, let's talk about the do's. Number one, here's my, here's my very first power principle from the Word of God. Number one, the power of passion. My friends, the power of passion. You have to love what you do. You have to love what you do. I, I love what I do. I, I don't come in here on a Sunday morning bitter and nasty and grudging. Now, I do get happier when they give me my coffee. I will admit that. But I don't get up going, oh, Sunday, those people, and who's going to be here, and the problems, and the issues, and all. No, 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 no. I love what I do. Now, when I was in the working world, in a sense of the secular, when I worked for the retail company, I loved what I did there. You know why? Because God had called me there. That was, my, that was my season. I gave them my absolute best. I went in every day, and I performed at 110%. I love what I did. What about you? Do you love what you do? Or do you do things just to survive? Do you do things just to pay the bills? Do you do, you do things just to get by because somebody told you that's what you have to do? Or my friends, do you love what you do and are you getting paid for it? You know, the world calls that self-actualization, that, that you know, you are, you are fulfilling your call, you are fulfilling your passion and your energy, and you get paid for it. And, and the more you do it, the more energized you become. There's actually a book that we heard about just recently from Patrick Lencioni called, uh, I believe it's called The Six Working Genius. The Six Working Genius. And, and the premise of the book is this, that, that there's six gears or personality types that are working within you that two of them, when you do them, are absolutely energized. You could do it all day and have more energy at the end of the day. There are two that are kind of eh, eh and then there are two that drain you. Think about your job. Think about aspects of your job. Think about it in those six things. Two of those things will energize you. Two are okay, you have to do them. And two of them you absolutely dread. But the key is this, spending the majority of your time with the things that energize you instead of taking energy from you. You see, when you are following your passion, you have more energy, you have more fulfillment, you, you have more gratitude in your life because you recognize that you are making a difference in what you do. And then you know what happens? Money follows you. 
money follows you. Why? Because you're following your passion. You're following your call. My friends, can I just say this? Maybe there are times in life where you need to reinvent yourself. Hmm? I'm not talking about, oh, I'm going I'm I'm to quit my job. No, no, no. Maybe you need to literally reinvent yourself. Now, now, please don't go home today and say to your spouse, I'm leaving because pastor said I have to reinvent myself. That's not what I'm talking about. So, that is not what I'm referring to. But, but think about people that had a moment in life when they said, I need to, and I'm not talking about midlife crisis either, I need to reinvent myself because this is not the fulfillment of who I am. Yesterday, some of our ladies went to a conference here in the city, and there was a lady there from Texas who was known as, a, as the Chewbacca mom. I don't know if any of you have seen this, this individual, but literally this lady, it was her birthday, and she's a, she's a believer, she's a speaker. Uh, she had gone into a store because she has a philosophy that, that on your birthday you should buy gifts for yourself. And she went into this store and she bought uh, the Chewbacca mask, you know, from Star Wars, and this mask, uh, the mouth opens and closes and it makes the same noise as, as the Chewbacca. I can't make that noise. But anyway, so she, she's filming this. She puts on the mask and just is laughing hysterically. And, and in 48 hours, she had 24 million views. Broke records two years ago. You can go look it up, Chewbacca mom. Broke all kinds of internet records. And, and all of a sudden, Good Morning America, all these programs be, began to call her. They're interviewing her and they're basically saying, you know, what, what, what was going on? What's your story? And all of a sudden, this woman who's a believer of Jesus said, listen, I'm just here to make people laugh and to give them joy. And all of a sudden, churches and organizations, listen, she's just like an ordinary mom, married, ordinary mom. As a matter of fact her husband refused to watch the video she said 24 million people saw the video before my own husband saw it but today she's traveling all around the world you know what that little video reinvented her everybody say passion number two number two the power of being consistent. Now watch this. Being consistent in what you are called to do. You know what the challenge and the problem is with a lot of people is they are consistent at the wrong thing. They're, especially when it comes to finances. They are consistently making the wrong decisions, repeating the same patterns, doing things over and over. No, my friends, listen. You want to be consistent at doing the things that you are called to do because they're connected to your passion. This is why you got to get your passion right because then when it comes to consistency you know what you're supposed to do on a daily basis because it's all connected see successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally we were just at a simulcast with John Maxwell you know that John Maxwell was a pastor in California he, he felt God call him out of that. And today he is probably the most well-known author, speaker, uh, international speaker on leadership. He, his principles are all from the word of God. And, and he said, here's what he does consistently. I wrote them down. He says, this is what I do daily. He said, I read, I write, I network, I lead, and I file things away. I read, I write, I network, I lead, and I file things away. What about you? Have you ever thought about what you should be doing on a daily basis? Not all day long, but what are the things that are connected to your call, to your passion, that you should be doing daily, that you should be doing consistently? I was telling you about my millionaire friend, and I, because I'm always thinking about you, and so I was with him, and I said, listen, um, 
Actually, he's a multimillionaire, to be honest with you. I said, tell me, um, I said, you know, I'm doing this sermon series. And I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm doing it on money. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, I said, I said give, me, give me your number one thought. Give me your number one thought that I could share with my people regarding finances, I said, from, from your status in life. Now, this is an individual. Listen, this is an, he could buy anything he wants at any moment, at any time. So I said, what do, you, what do you think? What would you, what would you say? Listen to what he said. He said, tell the people to watch their spending. Tell the people to watch their spending. He said to me, it is, he said, Tony, you know, it is easy to pull out that little credit card and lay things on the credit card because it's painless. You see, when we had to pay things by cash, and you would watch cash leave your hand, there was a pain in that cash, right? Oh, there goes a 20. There, as a matter of fact, I had this mindset. You know, for example, if I had a 20 and I had to buy a coffee, I might not buy that coffee because I didn't want to break that 20. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, John? I'm like, eh? I'm like, no, no, I'm not breaking that 20. So some of the people are like, we got a 20? We'll get 20 coffees. No, I'm like, no, leave the 20 because I don't want a five. And then they give you, oh, can I pay you in toonies? And then you're, you know, no. But you see, now you have that little credit card. It's, just, it's painless. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything is leaving until you get the bill. Huh? And then you look at the bill on your counter and you're like, get behind me, Satan. No, that's not Satan. That's not Satan. Huh? And then, and then when you can't pay, then they go, oh, you know, we ought to raise your credit so you can spend more and owe us more. Interesting. A multi-millionaire mindset said to me to tell you, watch your spending. Okay, number three, number three, the power of an accurate self-worth or self-value. Have you, ever, have you ever placed a value financially on yourself? Have you ever thought about what your time, your skill, your knowledge, your wisdom is worth? Have you ever, have you ever given yourself a value? Have you ever said, here is what I am actually worth? You say, Pastor, how do I even calculate that? Let me help you. You take the amount that you make on a yearly basis, you divide it by the hours that you work, and you will have a rate per hour. So for example, Let's say your rate per hour is $50. Let's say you are valued today at $50 an hour. Now, when people come and ask you to do things, when you are evaluating your activity, you're gonna ask yourself, is this activity worth $50 an hour? Some of you, it's more. Some of you might be $100 an hour. Some of you might two, 300, I don't know. Whatever, whatever your status in life is, then you ask yourself the question, is this activity worth what I am worth? Because here's the truth. You will only be valued at what value you put yourself in. No one will value you more than you value yourself. No one will value your time more than you value your own time. And my friends, it's not just finances, it's in every aspect of life. I'll give you an illustration. Why does the woman stay with that abusive husband? You know why? She doesn't value herself. She thinks she's garbage. She thinks that she should be beaten and maybe my mother was beaten and I should be beaten and, and therefore because she does not value herself, others don't value her either because she doesn't have healthy boundaries. 
She hasn't communicated appropriate expectations at church. Let me also say this, and I'm talking about finances, but, but listen, if you don't change your focus, you attract a different style of individual. Mm -hmm. That when you change your focus and you change your value, I guarantee you by the word of God, you will attract better quality people. You want to be poor and busted? Hang around the poor and busted. Huh? You want to be slothful? Hang around the slothful. Why? Because birds of a feather flock together. Spirit speaks to spirit. I, I had an individual in my office. This was a few years ago, and he had a drug problem. And he said to me, Pastor, he said, I've, I just, you know, the last time we were together, he goes, I, I just walked outside your office here, outside of the church, and, and immediately somebody offered me drugs. I said to him, I said, my brother, I said, I have left this office for years, and to this date, to this date, no one has ever offered me any drugs. Because spirit speaks to spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. Think about it. You, you attract. You attract what you focus on. You say, Pastor, are you talking about a different class of people? I am. Like, let me give you an example. When, when Mrs. Potiphar came on to Joseph, Joseph said, I value myself greater than you. And ultimately, it led him to the throne. And it led him to marrying someone that was related to Pharaoh, not Mrs. Potiphar, that by the way would have ended his ministry. He'd have been done, John, right there. You would have had your whatever it is, little time with Mrs. Potiphar, and that's it, you'd have been done. What's your value? What's your self-worth? How do you look at your own self? And can I just say this before I, I move on? And this came, out of, uh, this came out of my daughter's mouth, and I want to I give her credit because she was, uh, we had gone into the car leaving one time and, and uh, leaving the church, and I was just, uh, you know, we had just worshiped God. I was doing great, and she was so upset. I said, what's the matter? She goes, I am tired of mediocrity. And I am tired of people that are comfortable in mediocrity. And I'm like, hallelujah, sister, preach. Because we have too many people that are happy with average. We have too many people that are happy with status quo and aren't looking for excellence and aren't looking for improvement. But my friends, I'm telling you that finances follow people that are excellent. Think about it. If you have a garbage electric car, you're going to sell a few and then people are going to catch on because people start talking to other people. Anybody with me? Got quiet in the church. Number four, number four, I'm almost done. The power of finding the good that is working in all things. I get this out of Romans 8, 28. And all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose or according to the passion. And you know, when I, when I look at these young people, you know, I, I say to young people, get it right. You know, my, my life, listen, the only thing that made a difference in my life is that Jesus came into my life. Honestly? 
I'm telling you, I'd be dead, arrested. I would be a, I'd be a criminal. I'd be a, I just know I'd be a disaster. It's only the mercy of God that came in my life, and 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 God has restored my life because I look back at my youth and I and I thought, oh, if only I had done this, if only I had made this decision, if only that hadn't hadn't attracted me, if that only that hadn't pulled me away. But but in the mercy of God. But my friends, here's what I want you to know: no matter what age you are at. There is a force that is working in your life that all things are working together for good. Even when things are negative, even when things are wrong, even when you're, you're like, well, pastor, this is contrary and this isn't right and that's not good. My friends, the Bible said if you love God and you're called according to his purpose, this force is working in you. Look for the good. Look for the win. Look for the things that God is working through your life. Somebody give God praise for that. Come on. Can I say it this way? Ultimately, you can't lose. Ultimately, you can't fail because God says, I always bring life out of death. I always bring the positive out of the negative. Not because it's, it's you know, oh, these are, these are feelings that I throw into the universe. No, my friends, listen. I know the God that made the universe. I know the God that controls the universe. It's my Father's favor and blessing on my life and on your life. Amen. The power of looking for the good. The power, remember what I said to you last week, expecting the unexpected. Expecting, and I've, I've been praying that. And so just last week, you know, I, I was actually I had to get some gas and I went to the, uh, this local gas station and all of a sudden I couldn't pump the gas and, and they called me inside and they said, sir, we have run out of gas. Corey said, you should have got an electric car, Pastor. You know what? He says, we, we, have, we have run out of gas. I said, oh, okay. He goes, no, no, no. He said, we have run out of regular gas, but we are selling the Ultra 94 at the regular price. I'm like, praise Jesus. I pumped that stuff in my car. I made it home in half the time. Hallelujah. Expect the unexpected. Expect favor. Expect blessing. Why? Because there is good that is always working in my life. I'm looking for the good. I'm not looking for the evil. Come on, somebody. The power of the good that is working in all things for the believer. Almost done. Almost there. Number five. Number five. This is a big one. The power of casting out fear. My friends, the Bible tells us that fear, somebody find Corey for me, that fear is a paralyzer. The Bible tells us that fear is a tormentor. If you are living with fear, you know what I'm talking about. You know what, you know what people spend in prescription trying to deal with their fears, trying to manage their fears. But, but you know what God says? You know what God says? Fear is to be cast out. Fear is to be evicted from your life. God says, I don't want you living with fear. I, I don't want you managing fear. I don't want you medicating fear. I want fear to be cast out of your life. And then he says, do you know what casts out fear? Not faith. Love. Love casts out fear. The agape love of your father, that your father loves you, that your father cares for you, that your father desires for you to live. You know, people talk about this all the time. Live your best life. Listen, if you're going to live your best life, it's because God has ordained it for you. It's not that you've created it. It's that father has ordained it. That's what your best life is. 
That's where it comes from. He is, he is the source, the power of casting out fear, all its trepidations, all its worry, all its anxiety. I, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose money. I'm, I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to starve. My family isn't going to make it. Those things are lies. Fear is evidence appearing as real. False evidence, fear. False evidence appearing real. You know, some of the things that we fear will never come to pass. So you say, well, pastor, what do we do? Listen, we operate by faith, but watch this. Even in finances, if you're not fearful, take calculated risks. Use wisdom, use understanding, but don't operate in fear, Corey. You can go ahead and start playing. My friends, let me ask you the question. I'm almost done. Let me ask you the question. What would you attempt for God if fear wasn't an issue? If you weren't afraid. Some of you don't know my story. But a few years ago, young family, Carolyn got very, very sick. Still battles that disease, but obviously is doing much better. Very, very sick. And I remember being in the office with the specialist and him saying to me, you know, we don't know what's wrong with your wife. It's a, it's a rare thing. There's no cure. We don't know if she's going to live or die. All she, could, all she could do was basically sit on the couch. I would do all the laundry, go to work, come back, take care of the kids, take the kids to school, pick them up at daycare, you know, running, running, the, running the household. And she, you know, she's crying because she knows she can't help me. I'm stressed out. And, and so I thought, well, that's it. We've gone from two incomes to one. I'm going to sell the house. I'm going to sell the car. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell all these things. And then I remember this precious man came from Buffalo, a real father in the faith. And he said to me, you look like you're really stressed. He said, I want you to come to Buffalo. He goes, I want you to come to the church. And he said, at my expense, I'm going to put you up in a hotel. He said, I want you to come at my expense. And we went there, we went to spend a few days and God just refreshed us and restored us. But I remember in a Sunday service like this, right there, I was standing right there and he laid hands on me and I hit the ground. That's why I say to people, if God touches you, you know, we had a tremendous move last week. I say, if God touches you, stay down. While I was down, my friends, God spoke to me. He said, stop. He said, stop all this fear and you're going to sell this and sell that. He said, I'm going to show you what grace is really all about. Amen. And my friends, in that season, people blessed us. God blessed us. To this day, a phenomenal season. I watched God sustain us. As a matter of fact, we didn't sell the house. God gave us a bigger house. We didn't sell the car. God gave us a better car. But you know what I did consistently? I never stopped honoring God. I never stopped giving to God. I never became disobedient. I never reversed the principles of God. My friends, I've been to places like Africa. I've been to places like Africa. Ma'am, can I just ask? Ma'am, I don't mean to be rude, but just can just for a moment because I don't want to lose the focus here. I remember being in places like Africa where people understanding the principle. I've seen buttons come in the offering plate. I've seen sandals come in the offering plate. I've seen people that gave literally two cobs of corn. Do you know why? 
because they understood the principles of God. Here's number six. Here's number six. My friends, we need the power of developing the gratitude muscle. The power of thanksgiving. Did you notice in the Bible that when Jesus would multiply, that when Jesus would do miracles and multiply fish and loaves, do you, do you know how it started? It started with thanksgiving. It started by a multiplication principle, something as simple as I'm thankful. Father, I'm thankful. God, I'm thankful for everything. My friends, don't just make this a philosophy. Make it a way of life. Thank God for everything. Everything, everything that, everything that comes to you. The Bible says in all things, be thankful. In all things, I guarantee you, I guarantee you by the word of God that the more thankful you become, the more you will see the multiplication principle begin to apply in your life. And it's quite easy. Let me give you an example. Pastor Rick, who's going to be with us in just a few weeks. I don't know if he's going to share this with you or not. He's, he's going through a very painful experience, particularly in his family. Really, I know the details. It's very heartbreaking. And, and every once in a while, things happen that, man, they just because we're human, it, it gets to you. And he's, you know, he's texting me and he said, you know, this thing, this thing started to get into my spirit. He said, Pastor, started to, he started to get into my spirit. He said, you know, I didn't want to become angry. I didn't want to become bitter. He said, so I began to thank God. And listen to what he did. He says, I began to thank God and I sent those people an offering. The people that offended him, the people that injured him, the, the people that had done him wrong in order, in order to get the devil's toxin out of his system, he began to thank God and he said, hey, you're mean to me, but I'm going to be good to you. You're evil to me, but I'm going to be good to you. That's the way to get the devil's poison out of you. Be thankful and give an offering. Come on up, team. Come on up. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. I want you to stand with me. Here's, here's how I want to conclude. Hallelujah. What are we going to do, Corey? Are we doing the shout? Are we doing the... Eh? You're going to do God is on our side, and then you're going to shout. Okay, guys, you got that? I'm here to help you, Mateo. I'm here. I'm here for you guys, all right? You guys need me shouting with you. Pastor's got a thousand moves. I just want you to know that. All right. Listen, because they, they don't know that, so I got I to gotta warn them. Praise God. All right, all right. Number six, or, or the final thought I want to give you is this. Everything that's been given to you is meant to grow. There will come a day... Well, you will stand before Jesus. See, you guys think you're all going to talk about your sin, but the Bible tells us that our sin is under the blood. You're not going to give an account for your sin. You're, you're going to give an account for the things and the people that were entrusted to you. And God's going to say, what did you do? What did you do? And so I want to close, and then we're going to sing God's on our side, and we're going to shout. I'm so excited. I'm waiting for the shout, praise Jesus. It better be, it better be a shout. I mean, if you guys are not happy and shouting, are we going to shout? We're going to shout. Deuteronomy, come on. Can you just encourage them to shout? Come on. The words of Moses, I pray them over you and wherever you are online. 
all over the world today. Deuteronomy 1.11. May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. APC, those of you watching online, may God make you a thousand times more prosperous than what you are today. May he bless you and may he keep his promise. God bless you. I love you. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate your time. Will you please like and subscribe so that you will get notifications? And by the way, your comments and your feedback are very important to us. Even sermon series and messages that you would like to hear about, please let us know. Drop us a line. We would love to incorporate that into our teaching and our preaching. We appreciate you and thank you.